I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. We are the Euros 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. And this week, Marty is still away on assignment, and so we have Alex with us again, despite what he said in the intro this time. Um, but this but this week, uh, we're taking a little, this is a little bit of, a, this is kind of a Heroes 3 guide-in, we're taking a little bit of a sidestep uh, to take a look at the 2003 film Cradle to the Grave, starring DMX and Jet Li. Um, and directed by uh, Andre. Who? Hang on. Ooh, I looked it up. It? I looked. I looked it up. I looked it up. He's a Polish guy. Andre Barkowiak. Because remember, it's like a, okay, it's like a V. Yeah, it's like a yeah, soft yeah. W. But yeah, Andre Barkowiak. And Andre is not spelled how you think. So, um, and here's the big one. Produced by Joel Silver, mm-hmm. which I'm gonna get into because well, that's well. that's a lot of that's a lot of what makes this. And uh, has a ton of, of very, very 2003 actors in it, yeah. um, which I'm excited to get into. Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, it's, it's a, a Hollywood production, you know. I, <laughs> Boy, is it. We don't usually cover straight up Hollywood films, but we have before. Do you, do you remember what the first one was, Matthew? Oh, the first Hollywood production that we did. Um was it Kung Fu Panda? It was. It was Kung <laughs> yeah. Fu Panda. So, that, I mean, and I say that saying that usually when we do stuff like this, it's a joke, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's Not still fun time. to look dead, at. It, dead, dead fucking serious. serious. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, we're, we're totally this rap thing. shit is not a fucking game. <laughs> this is not a fucking game. Yeah, yeah, right. I also, I didn't realize that uh, this is jumping ahead. I didn't realize that X gonna give it to you was from this. Oh yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I, I didn't realize say, that. Yeah, I have a bit to say about that. Um, but yeah, this uh, this has some personal significance with us because I mentioned the previous episode, but uh. In MacFest 2018, I believe, uh, after we had done an arc talking about Jet Li um, and like Once Upon a Time in China and uh, Kung Fu Cult Master, what was the other one? The, you the remake of the Bruce Lee one. We, Fist of we Legend. Didn't do Hero. Fist of Legend. That's oh, the man. One. The best one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I know. I know it was a good one. I just couldn't remember the name of it. Um, I could see like, I could see like the, the cover in my head, but. Um, and I could see your art that you did in my head. Oh, uh, remember when I would the, do the art for art. every episode? <laughs> it was great. Uh, we were young. We were young and stupid. So, yeah. uh, but after that, uh, whenever we saw met up with Alex, he gave all three of us Blu-ray copies of Creel to the Grave. <laughs> um, and I didn't open it until a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> so, oh, wow. <laughs> So you'd never um, seen sorry. this film before? So I, I hadn't seen it until we did this. If, I'm kind if, of ashamed to say. No, so. n- no foul done here. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 I think it's more like Destiny. Like it, it was there yeah. and then it called you when when you needed it. Yeah. You know? Sure. It called me when I knew that Marty was going to be out for an episode. So <laughs> I've got a little bit of a history with this, I guess, because, I mean, obviously I was super into this stuff and... I, I realized that the um, there's a paradigm shift right now. I'm the old guy, and you guys are like kind of closer in age. Mm-hmm. So like f- for me, are you 91? Are you 91? Are you? Uh, I'm 90. See? You're 90. Okay, we're, still, we're gonna we're, be we're young still, forever. We're, we're baby. I got like yeah. I'm yeah. never gonna die. <laughs> I got almost 10 years on you guys. So yeah. I was actually uh, this 
film came out shortly after I was getting out of high school. And this kind of late 90s, early 2000s era really kind of, I mean, it's like kind of a time capsule for me. And I was obviously I was into all these films already. And we had experienced this, uh, you know, renaissance of Hong Kong cinema in the States. So Mm -hmm. uh, after Jackie Chan and after The Matrix and Crouching Tiger, uh, everybody was getting their chance to really make their mark in Hollywood. All these Hong Kong actors and directors and uh, choreographers. We have Corey Yun working on this film. Yeah. And, uh, so, this uh, is exciting. kind of after he was really breaking out. He did like stuff like X-Men, um, getting to uh, put his stamp on Hollywood. So that's that's pretty cool. But uh, I was riding that wave. I loved all this stuff. And uh, whether it was good or bad, <laughs> and um, uh, it's all interesting. Yeah, yeah, yes, for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, the thing that's really funny to me, uh, looking this film up for the podcast, was I I had no idea about anything about the director, and uh, I was really surprised when I when I started looking <laughs> him up. There's all of this prestige behind him, mm-hmm. and and I was like. Wait a second. This is and the same also... guy that Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um I love Street Fighter, of course. I love Street Fighter, right? And mm-hmm. uh he ended up directing the only Street Fighter related pop culture thing that I have never seen before. <laughs> the Street Fighter The Legend of Chun Li film. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast, but um I remember talking to my wife when this movie was coming out and I told her oh, I'm such a big fan of Street Fighter. Like, I feel like I have to see it. And she's like, she stopped me. She's like, no, that's the reason you don't have to see it. And I was like, you know what? You're right. And I, I that was the right decision, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, she's <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, keep her around. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, this dude, uh, Andres Bartkowiak, I'm trying here. Uh, usually it's the uh, Asian pronunciations that trip mm-hmm. us up, right? But the uh, the director that we have here, as a cinematographer, he, he has pretty prestigious career mm-hmm. in Hollywood. He mm-hmm. worked on Terms of Endearment. I believe he won some Academy Awards, or actually either he won or he was nominated. And uh, yeah, then he decided to take his chances directing, and he gave us stuff like Romeo Must Die, which is... <laughs> A film I, I, as I was doing homework for this, I, I love Romeo Must Die. Um, I realize it's Cradle One, The Grave. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's basically this film, but before this film. But uh, for me, Romeo Must Die is really cool. I mean, one, because it was Jet Li in Hollywood in his own kind of leading role after him debuting in Lethal Weapon 4 as a villain. And uh, two, it kind of blended... I mean, we've we've talked about hip hop and like African American culture and how that kind of blends with our kung fu cinema and all of the stuff that we like. And this was kind of it, like at face value, coming together. So I thought that was really cool. And I was a big fan of a lot of the people in the film. Uh, you know, rest in peace, Aliyah. I really liked Aliyah, and mm. Um, mm. seeing her in the movie was really cool too. I think that was her first of only a handful of roles unfortunately and um yeah i don't know i i really like that movie a lot and i think i think 
as we get into talking about this movie, I'm probably going to compare them a lot because obviously they're basically the same thing almost in a lot of ways. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, then after uh, that was such a success, um, they basically got the band back together. Well, there's Exit Wounds, but that doesn't have Jet Li in it, but it has DMX in it. And we, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit. And actually, there was a thing in Exit Wounds. I'm sorry, I'm rambling. But <laughs> no. in Exit Wounds, there is a shout out to um, Tiger on the Beat. So in Tiger on the Beat, oh, really? there, yeah, there's the scene where uh, uh, Chow Yun-Fat's using a rope tied to a shotgun. You remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. And uh, in Exit Wounds, DMX does the same thing in a scene. That's right. I remember you mentioning that on the Tiger right. on the Beat episode. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think for some reason I feel like I forgot to mention that, but whatever. And that that was in. Oh, okay. In you might have movie. you might have told us like afterwards, but I remember you saying it and sharing a clip and stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. And um, so then after Exit Wounds, uh, he directed Cradle to the Grave, and here we are. <laughs> Cradle won the Cradle. <laughs> yeah, when I was I wanted a kid that... and I saw the title, I thought there may have been it may have been a sequel. Yeah. I mean, that would make sense if it's Cradle and then Cradle 2. The yeah, 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 yeah. If this you, was the if era you... of Too Fast, Too Furious. Anything was yeah. possible. Yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, if you do, if you Google Cradle to the Grave, the first question is, is it a sequel? <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. not just me at age 12. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will say it's good SEO because nothing else is called Cradle the number two, the grave. <laughs> yeah. So... Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, so uh, with a guy in episode, we're just gonna go through the basic plot and then and then just kind of talk about it for a little bit. So, uh, oh, do you have you have a little thing yeah, first? That's right. Yeah, I kind of want to introduce yeah, go for DMX because you know he just oh yeah he just died, and I think that's kind of one of the reasons yeah that's true. We, that's we, one of the reasons we, we wanted to do one, this. You know, but it's it's like it it makes sense that he's in this movie in a, in in a, in, a, in a, like a way that. You kind of have to look at the context of the time because if you look if you look at him and even if you see him act, it's clear he's not like an actor. Mm. And yeah. Like like in right. one of one of the little interviews I saw, he even said like, and um, they created an environment for me that that didn't put pressure on me to be the greatest actor in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah which I thought yeah, was yeah. was very was very self reflective. Well, it, it makes sense because he's at, at this point he's a brand, you know, like mm-hmm. he's one of the <laughs> biggest rappers. That was probably the most lucrative time in music history. Like mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Uh, amounts of of like cultural relevance and then like capital being like generated in in the music industry before being completely upended by piracy. Rightfully, in my opinion, but we can get into that <laughs> a different time. Um, that's a that's another guy (laughs) um but like what kind of set dmx apart was um his his lyrics would alternate between like the like the kind of gangster rap violence battle rap insults bravado but then he had also had like this Mm -hmm. weird like introspective side that you didn't like really (laughs) see in a lot of other rappers where it's all about being as hard as you can like eminem had some of it but even his was more like i'm crazy you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but like dmx like predates that like emo rap trend from a few years ago where yeah. um, they're all incredible. Their whole thing is that like they're incredibly violent, but they're like crying about it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, d- but because like DMX, is, is, his music is so rooted in this time that it it actually feels like unhinged and dangerous sounding in some <laughs> in some 
like way, you know? Um, and then DMX as a person in his real life was struggling with like, you know, the things he was rapping about. So he'd get like yeah. weird mm-hmm. parallels to the music he made and even the movies he was starring in. Like at one point he imp- yeah. he was at an airport, he impersonates a, a federal officer and stole a car. Like, <laughs> like, like can you imagine Whoa. being that guy and DMX comes yeah. up to you? He's like, No, I'm actually a <laughs> I'm wow. actually FBI, I need a car <laughs> I need your vehicle. Um yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> uh uh he he embodied not a fucking game yeah 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 now i remember i remember whenever in in college uh it was almost a joke with us that there was a there was a website that was called is dmx in jail yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because because he like he did crazy shit like that mm-hmm. so much that he really was in out of jail a lot yeah yeah but i if- do i do really feel yeah when i was thinking about him and as an artist the word that I kept going back to was emotion. Just mm-hmm. like a lot of emotion behind the stuff that he does. Not just bravado, but it, like it, genuine emotion. Yeah. And, and, and like, if you look at what music videos were at the time that like this movie would come out, DMX is is basically a movie star on TV every day. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like no other time in history was this much money being spent on like the on, on like these kinds of music videos. And if you look up like the highest or the highest budgets for music videos ever, they're all from the nineties. Mm-hmm. Like, um, music videos and it like became short films, and then like rap itself became cinematic, kind of in response. <laughs> Like Dr. Dre's yeah. 2001 starts with like the THX deep note, and I think he got like yeah. sued for that or something because he just took the deep note and he like <laughs> pitched it up a bit. Nice. Um, and then even like the the visual iconography music videos changed. They got letterbox. They got more like cinematic lighting. The uh, uh, the subjects in the videos also changed. So like from like we're you know like straight out of Compton, they're like this. They're just like rapping in the streets. And then yeah. like DMX party up, he's he's doing like a bank heist or he's like caught in a bank heist. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. we see people like DMX every day on MTV, like him, Eminem, Method Man s- seated in between like NSYNC, Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears on TRL. Like yeah. incredibly violent rap went from like NWA being arrested for performing Fuck the Police and, and Ice-T's Cop Killer becoming banned to the point it's actually yeah. still not on Spotify. Um, to it oh, wow. being like a, a lucrative commodity fully assimilated into the like Borg cube of popular culture. And that is the <laughs> the ground, that is the pet cemetery style ground that leads us from to D, to both DMX movie DMX's movie career and to the movie Cradle to the Grave. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Agreed. One hundred percent. And I mean, I grew up watching MTV. TRL was like every mm-hmm. day and Friday be like a debut video. Yeah. And, you know, making the video was something oh, that yeah. I really enjoyed. Like Hype Williams is a name that I recognize thanks to this era, too. You know, we can get into um, that as well, because uh, he kind of like he worked with DMX on the movie Belly, which is like Belly. A- yeah. a movie that exists in the world of music videos in a, like an interesting mm-hmm. way. That's a, that's actually like a really interesting movie that I definitely don't have enough time to get into my thoughts on, but it's really cool. Yeah. 
I haven't revisited it in a very long time, but even me not being super into that, yeah, I I just caught up in that, and I remember watching Belly, and yeah, that was that was DMX's first role, right? Mm-hmm. First film role, I think so. Yeah, it was around then, and um, he's in Romeo Must Die, but it's like a very short, short mm-hmm. like almost a little more than a little cameo, basically. Um, but I feel like Cradle to the Grave is like the DMX movie. Like when you think about DMX's <laughs> career, I think like the first movie you think of is Cradle to the Grave, or at least that's how I always thought of it. Um, yeah, he's he's the lead. He he's more the yeah, lead than yeah. Jet Li is in this. Oh, hundred percent. This is oh, this is yeah. this is a DMX movie that Jet Li mm-hmm. is, is like supporting it him in. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is the movie people think about partly because. Uh, X gonna give it to you is from the is is from the soundtrack and that's kind of DMX's signature song, um, mm-hmm. and then um, also that the movie is like completely insane, and um, yeah. <laughs> exists in like the genre of like post the Matrix action movies where people mm-hmm. do impossible flips and like crazy fight moves without the justification of being in a computer simulation yeah (laughs) right (laughs) yeah oh man if you like that you should watch romeo must die because what the only thing i will say is that you can see uh wire action jet lee playing football (laughs) (laughs) i meant i i meant to watch it i just didn't have time this week don't worry about it. You will enjoy it either way. So make some time to watch that when you get a chance, and you will enjoy it greatly. Can't wait. All right. Well, let's let's jump into this movie stuff because yeah, this movie's nuts. Yeah. The I mean the the short version is that DMX is like the the leader of this this group of like jewel thieves. Mm-hmm. Um. That and then um after a job kind of goes wrong, they get wrapped up in this whole plot regarding black diamonds. Mm-hmm. Uh. And it's like, it seems like everyone in the world wants the black diamonds. Um, they, uh, X doesn't want anything to do with it. His, his character's name is what? Fate or something yeah, stupid fate. like Anthony that. Fate. Anthony Fate. Yep. Um, uh, but, uh, he wasn't want anything to do with it, but his daughter gets kidnapped by the guys that, uh, by Mark Tacoscos, who is the, like the person that's, uh, trying to get the black diamonds and, and sell them to, uh, arms dealers because they find out that the black diamonds are actually like plutonium or something that could create synthetic like, plutonium. Yeah, it's a very it's a very 2003 plot. <laughs> um, and and of course he has to he gets the the this this group together and they are able to kind of storm the castle with with Jet Li and Tom Arnold. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, right, right. Yeah, what we should mention is. That Jet Li kind of plays a rival in this film, but it mm-hmm. it almost is kind of like a they're trying to go for a rush hour kind of feel, mm-hmm. but um it it doesn't pay off the way that it does in rush hour. But mm-hmm. um Jet Li plays a Taiwanese uh inspector, and he's he's kind of keeping things on the DL, kind of playing in the background, but uh eventually uh Fate and Sue, these two leads, they're thrust together and they have to join forces to take on Ling played by Mark Dacascos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tom Arnold. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. And Tom Arnold plays this like super shitty. He plays like, Tom Arnold. Yeah. Yeah. He plays this super shitty, like behind the scenes, like arm illegal arms dealer guy that 
honestly, he's I obviously he's a very bad person, but I do like that character a lot because he's just he's so scummy yeah. and and uh, just like relentless, and he's like a used car salesman yeah, that sells yeah, yeah. tanks and ex- bazookas. Yeah, so. and, and Tom Arnold like knows the lane that he should stay in. Yeah, he, like he's good at playing that up. So I yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed him kind of hamming yeah. it. I up. do a lot of hate, but I don't actually. I don't hate Tom Arnold that much. Mm-hmm. Whenever I see him in a movie, I mean, like we said, he's playing that same kind of thing. Yeah, and as long as it doesn't take over the movie too much, I'm mm-hmm. fine. He can be like mm-hmm. the row number three guy in the back that's kind of <laughs> yucking it up and gets like yeah. beat up by some thugs <laughs> yeah yeah um, the white the thi- dude on soul the only white guy on soul plane yeah the, <laughs> the other thing i always think of and i had to look it up was in the simpsons there's a treehouse of horror where um it's like a y2k uh, Treehouse of horror episode where homer like messes up and the world's gonna blow up and then they end up they end up having to get shot on a rocket like one uh, there's two rockets one's going to mars and then there's another rocket so it's like all the like best people are gathered up so they can like repopulate the earth and then bart and homer can't get on because they're not on the list so they find another rocket and then when they get on it they see that there's like the oh, bad celebrities yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, oh, I remember and that. seeing yeah, them seeing Tom Arnold is like their first clue to that, that they're on the wrong <laughs> rocket. It's going to get shot into the sun. I can't believe I destroyed the Earth. Are you still talking about the Earth? You're right. I got to let it go. All that counts is we're alive and rubbing elbows with the greats. <gasps> Ooh, there's Ross Perot, Dr. Laura, Spike Lee. Wait a minute. They're not so great. Okay, but there's Dan Quayle and Courtney Love. Tanya Harding? Al Sharpton? Ah! Tom Arnold! What the hell's going on? That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that was really stupid. But then we also got a lot of uh, very... There's a couple of very oddies uh, mm-hmm. uh, supporting cast members in this. Um, like one is one of the, the, the posse with, with DMX is Anthony Anderson. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, who is like... He's he is such a oh hey it's that guy whenever you're watching yeah, Comedy yeah, Central yeah. and it's the year 2007. <laughs> yep. um, that guy he, he that guy I don't think he, I'm not sure if he ever actually starred in a movie but he had so many mm-hmm. parts in so many big budget movies that I, he, yeah. he's got to be fucking loaded right. Oh, yeah. for sure. And yeah, he's on. I think he's doing just fine. Yeah, he's on that blackish like family sitcom. Yeah, and that's, oh, I never saw that. But yeah, that's syndicated, mm-hmm. so he's. Yeah, yeah, I think I was gonna say. I'm pretty sure he's like. Oh, the he's main good forever. In that, so yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but he was also in Romeo Must Die, and mm-hmm. in this movie, he's like a protagonist. And in Romeo Must Die, he's kind of like the lead henchman, and actually gets to have a fight scene with Jet Li where he gets his ass kicked, which is pretty funny. God, <laughs> <laughs> I should watch that. Yeah. He he does gay flirting in the movie as well. Yeah, that's right. Yep, that's right out the gate. Yeah, that's right. That's the very thing because one of the real, real bad. If the presence of Eminem at the beginning wasn't enough to date it, um, he has to go in and pretend to be gay for a while. Yeah, because the first person to go is Gabrielle Union, who uh, obviously she's she's awesome. She's in uh, probably. Of the people in this movie, she's probably the person who's the biggest star now. Yeah, yeah in in the year of our Lord twenty twenty one. 
but obviously this is this is very early in her career this is like right after like um it's probably right after bring it on right yeah like bring mm-hmm. it on and and that stuff i i remember the first time i saw her was in um 10 things i hate about you oh yeah yeah um you should listen to swim fans <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah listen to swim fans she's a swim um, fans all-star right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> At this point, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and she's also like the most gorgeous woman in the universe. Oh yeah, so she's hot. That helps as hell. too. Um, <laughs> but that's what leads us to the very first thing because she's trying to like flirt with this, this security guard, but it turns out he's gay. What? <laughs> and they're like, "Okay, Anthony Anderson, now you go flirt with him." And he's like, "What? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna do that." And they're like, yeah. "We don't care. Go do it." And then he like excels yeah. at it. He's like. He's, yeah. he's amazing. <laughs> it it definitely obviously it's a very dated thing. It wasn't as horribly homophobic as I thought it was going oh, to be. Oh, I so thought I'll it was yeah, I'll, yeah, no. I'll like, give it that. Like my my skin <laughs> tensed up, but then by the end of it, I was like, "Oh, okay." All right. That could have been much much worse. Yeah. Yeah. What also dates it is the digital camera the DMX oh, uses. Yeah. See? <laughs> I love that lo-fi hack job, though. Isn't that cool? Yeah, so what, yeah. What yeah he, 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 does basic, a, he does a speed. Yeah, he basically just takes a recording of the same scan of the camera that's set up in the room, and then he just uses the viewer on the digital camera and places it mm-hmm. over the camera itself. That's hilarious. And I'm, li- and, and I'm like, well, I hope the like <laughs> the refresh rate on the monitor is the same as the one as the camera, <laughs> so you're not getting oh. like, the rolling effect. That's yeah. right. Damn, I never would have thought of that. <laughs> I would have got caught. <laughs> and uh, so when we're more introduced to Jet Li, they actually have him do a very, a, a very Jackie Chan thing, mm-hmm. where it's like. And I, I feel like it's like a reflection on what Hollywood wants from these actors at the time. <laughs> so um, they have Jet Li. He's basically on top of a building and he does this big stunt oh, where yeah. he's like hanging off the ledge of the building and drops down and grabs to the balcony below. So he does it like yeah. four or five floors down. Mm-hmm. That feels like a very like my lucky stars kind of yeah uh, like like a like a weird gag that they would do at the beginning of that and then like person like slip and fall off or something sure the 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 interesting thing to me is uh well on the the blu-ray that we got from you alex there's some uh special features and there's a couple of featurettes about the production behind the stunt work which i i really appreciated but it's kind of cool because it's a very hollywood style we're very (laughs) used to the hong kong thing where it's like Mm -hmm. you know just do it you're gonna you're not just the gaffer you're not just the grip you're also the cook you're also the the stunt (laughs) the wire rigging guy you know no this is hollywood and this is joel silver right so we've we got this the top of the line wire rig we fabricated this special harness Mm -hmm. for our stunt man and the first thing i saw was the you see a Jet Li stunt double, and <laughs> I was like, I got, yeah, I had to do a double take, and I was like, wait a second, I was like, oh yeah, we're not watching a Hong Kong film, yeah, yeah we've yeah, got yeah, stunt yeah. doubles here, but I yeah. also do like I mentioned, Corey Yoon's working on this movie, and um, I feel like a lot of the people that were handling the wire rigging were crew members that he he trusted so um i couldn't recognize anybody in the special features but i'm willing to bet that there's a lot of hong kong cinema blood 
besides Jet Li and Koryun handling mm-hmm. these things. So, um, yeah, it was it was kind of crazy to see that. Um, there's a yeah. there's a big fight scene uh, towards like the beginning of the third act where Jet Li is basically fighting a bunch of uh, UFC fighters. So we yeah. got <laughs> cameos in the film by Randy Couture, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, Chuck Liddell, and one other guy, Tito Ortiz, like. All of those dudes are in the scene, but it's more than that. He's fighting like a bunch of guys. And then you you see some wire rigging for that fight as well. And it's kind of like, I don't know, it's it's very uh, of the time. Uh, I like what you said, Alex, how it's like, these aren't, (laughs) there's no uh, contrivance to say why Jet Li can do these things. But the only thing you could really explain is that he's he's, a cop and he's from Southeast Asia. So So he's good at fighting people. So he's good at Kung Fu. Yep. (laughs) The, I feel like the choreography in this film is more more loose than the choreography in Romeo Must Die. There's a couple of scenes that I still remember from Romeo Must Die that I think the choreography is really tight and actually they're kind of inventive with what they do uh, weapon-wise with Jet Li. And um, there isn't as much of that in this film. And honestly, there isn't that much action. There's a lot of set pieces that lead mm-hmm. to big, like exciting scenes, but... There's not a lot of fighting in the film. You get a, basically two or three big fight scenes in this movie. Yeah, Jet Li's doing this like kind of. Um, he has his hand in his pocket for most of the first like half yeah. of the movie. Yeah, L- yeah. L- like doing this sort of like um, like kind of low energy performance, which um, does it does two things, which is makes him seem much stronger than everyone around him. And then it also makes his job as an action movie star much easier, because um, that's I think that's also yeah. what Steven Seagal is doing now, where he just kind of think... does does a few motions with his hands, and then the guy falls yeah. over. I think that's kind of what he's done all of his career. That's my Carlos hot take. <laughs> yeah. but, but that's okay. You see the one? I was gonna... <laughs> no, I'm talking about Steven Seagal. No, I love oh, Jet Li. Oh, I thought you were Jet... talking about Jet Li. I... No, I... Oh, no, I would see, never yeah, say that No, that's not Jet a Lee. hot take. Steven Seagal is there to do as little work as possible. Yeah. I was I was going to say Jet Li takes his hands out of his pockets in this movie eventually. Though. Yeah, eventually yeah. he has to. There is a really great uh, sequence where... Jet Li and DMX are both involved in a fight sequence and there's like these dogs that are around and then eventually the dogs get loose and DMX does the big stunt where it's just great. He does a wall run. He like wall. He does like four or five steps up the side of a wall and does a kick flip. Yeah. yeah, He (laughs) does a a Trinity esque wall flip. Yeah. And it just comes out of nowhere. There's no explanation. He just does it. It's great. I, I almost wonder if that was just DMX being like, I want to do some Matrix shit. And they're like, uh, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll figure that out. No, I, I think, I think yeah, it's just the style, man. Like, it's just it's just the time. I think that's Joel Silver. Like, He's coming hot yeah. off of Swordfish, where they also are doing some of the <laughs> Matrix stuff with just no context for it. Like, there's mm-hmm. Also, like, a previous Swim Fans episode. Well, the, the, maybe the best episode of Swim Fans. <laughs> But like, there's the scene. I, I was that, on that episode. Yeah, so, it thank rocks. You. It that <laughs> episode's incredible. But there's that bullet time rig where it's like, yeah, what if, yeah, what if instead yeah. of just going around a person, it went around like a building, and then it just has this like insanely <laughs> overproduced bullet time effect. But it's like, yeah. well, that were do they were doing that in the Matrix because they were hacking the Matrix. 
Yeah, yeah, they're in a computer program where they can instantly learn kung fu. Yeah, it, not... it's not just to look cool; it's to visualize something. But yeah, I think that but... I think that 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 insane DMX wall flip mm-hmm. thing is is like just put some to slap the matrix onto it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's great. And I mean, Joel Silver was a producer, I believe. Yeah, on yeah, the yeah. Matrix. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, um, a, he's produced like everything. Okay, one dumb thing because we, we introduced that he has he has this daughter and there's you know, a sweet little scene with them. Do y'all recognize what computer game she's playing? Uh, I was, was thinking it, it was Roller like Coaster Tycoon, or I was thinking Theme Park. It was it's Sim Theme Park. Oh, so because close. yeah, it's Sim Theme Park because I remember I I remember I had a, that on a very similar computer at this time. Um, and yeah, cause I, cause Rollercoast Tycoon isn't in three or the, the first two weren't in 3D. I don't think mm, three had come out yeah. in 2003. Um, but yeah, and that was, it was like, it was like, uh, sp- speaking of the matrix, it was like this huge, like this wave of stuff just hit my head whenever I saw it. <laughs> and I was like, Whoa. Yeah. I haven't thought about Sim Theme Park in possibly 15 years. So. <laughs> oh, okay. So since you brought up video games. Oh boy! Can I? Add, I I have. There are two, two thousand three video games that came out just around this time that are very relevant to this film. Oh, um, John Woo Stranglehold. You're Max close. Ah, oh. nope. Also, it's not not, not Max as close. Max Max Payne Two: The Fall of Max Payne. <laughs> no, Look, you guys. Right. Jet Li's Rise to Honor. You remember that game for PS2? Not at no, all. No, There's, I don't think so, man. They're like dead oh, to rights. Man. It's it's a jet you play as Jet Li in this game. And it's like um that combat where you flick the analog stick in a direction to attack people in a group. Mm. So uh, oh man, you guys don't know about this game? I've oh, never so heard of this it game. It sounds like a live stream though. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> Jet Li's Rise to Honor is one. Okay, the other game is related to the other lead in the movie, Alex. Uh Def Jam Vendetta. Def Jam Vendetta came that out had, on April that 1st, had X gonna give it to you in it. Yep, you can play um, as DMX. I, I think <laughs> we would we would we would play it just to hear X gonna give it to you. Um, that's which great. is ironic because it is a fucking game. So. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, the the first game was like a wrestling game, right? Def mm-hmm. Jam Vendetta was a wrestling game. Yeah, and I think what, there fight? was a sequel that was also a re- like they had like a series of wrestling games, but then when um like the 360 came out, they did Def Jam Icon, and that's more of a fighting game. Yeah, that's the one I and was way, wanting to. Def Jam Icon. I thought that yeah. was way worse. It was that the one where the the music like was bouncing the stage. Yeah, or was that- yeah, and you would um there was a mechanic so you like you have your song and your opponent has their song and you're trying to get it back to your song so you have to like yeah there's a move you can do because you'll have more you'll like when your anthem is playing um you're more powerful or something yeah so you need to get it back to your songs you need to start playing <laughs> Annie up by M O P and then you get a and then you get a stat boost. <laughs> Yeah, see, I think that gives that gives you a real life stat boost. Too. I'm not. I'm. <laughs> I don't really like wrestling games. I'll if I like a wrestling game, it's more of an arcade style game. Yeah. But I mean, I love fighting games, and that was more of a fighting game. Even if it was bad, I enjoyed that one more. <laughs> but I remember <laughs> that music mechanic being like a thing, and I was like, "Whoa, this is kind of wild." I, I, it's a I'm cool idea. Into it. Yeah. Yep. Um. The other thing was I in the 
last episode we were talking about Duel to the Death, and uh, I mentioned how uh, Norman Chu, I could tell how tall he was in that film. This movie, I can tell how short Jet Li is. <laughs> like In all the Hong Kong films, you don't really get a good sense of that. And in this movie, you can see, I mean, when he's among the other cast members, you can tell. So I... I I have a. I guess this isn't a quiz, but um, Jet Li. Can you guess how tall Jet Li is? Uh, I'm gonna say five six. He's five six. Damn it. Yeah, he's five six. So do you, with that said, can you can you guess how tall Jackie is? Jackie Chan. Um, five eight. Five seven. Five nine. Damn. Five nine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just he's thought a, that he's a mountain. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was interesting. I never really thought about that. Um, yeah, yeah. That's, so isn't isn't Tom Cruise actually like five 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 six yeah, like that? Yeah, like he's, he's not really he's not like feel like a joke that he's super short. Like he's kind of short. It's just whenever you're around a bunch of other people who are you know yeah six feet tall all the time. Yep. As so <laughs> yeah, and and the plot of this film is kind of. I mean, it makes sense. There aren't things where I'm like, no, nah, that doesn't work or this doesn't work. Yeah. It kind of just pulls you through the movie it's it's not a very memorable movie to me i mean i had seen it a long time ago and i remember being super into all of these but i like the one a lot more that's like the year before this i think i think the one is from 2002 and the reason i like that what's the one about alex Uh, what what's the one about oh so there's parallel universes and they have to and Jet Li is traveling between the parallel universes to kill himself which makes him more powerful but at the same time the the one he's going after learns this and starts going after him um yes, he will be I'll, the one I, listen listen to the swim fans episode to figure why that's funny to me that I one love, is called matrix babies yeah yeah <laughs> I love high concept stupid stuff, and that's exactly what that is. Hmm. I, I mean, I, I make a point of this in in, in that episode, but the ha- like half of the dialogue in the one is just explaining the plot of the one because yeah. I think they they ju- <laughs> there's some executive or producer that was just like people aren't going folks to. in Iowa they aren't gonna understand it. <laughs> but no. also, what's this up with this? Movie this is multiple universe makes sense. So you, yeah. we have to keep insisting to the audience, no, yeah. it makes sense, actually. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, this this movie makes a lot more sense, but I don't yeah. care as much. There's, um, <laughs> well, and there's, there's, I do think the movie understands that the plot's pretty straightforward and it's kind of dumb. Like, I, I feel like the movies doesn't think it's better than it is, yeah. which is kind of nice. There's that scene where they're getting out of the prison where um they meet that one guy from, I think he's in Gone in 60 Seconds as well, um, mm. who who is like this like big wig criminal who actually has like this like palatial prison cell um, like, yeah. full of like uh, furnishings. And yeah. um, she McBride is the actor's name. Yeah, he was he was also in a lot of uh, straight to felt like straight to the Comedy Central movies. Because <laughs> I've ever seen him pop up a few times. Um, but he makes an offhand mention to a Korean restaurant that he just bought. Right. And then they come out and they're like, we need to go check out that Korean restaurant or we need to go to that building. And then Jet Li's like, how do you know it's there? And DMX just says, I can just feel it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's there. You know, yeah. They don't find yeah, it right yeah, sure away, enough. but it's there. Yeah, yeah. There's also the thing too, where he goes to Archie, uh, Tom Arnold's character, 
and he needs to get those black diamonds appraised. But then he leaves them with them, and it's like, if this is such an important thing, you're just going to leave it with this guy? Yeah. And then they end up getting stolen. It's like, okay, now we got to find the stones. And that kind of is a major driving point through the rest of the film. And it's like, really, dude? You're like a, a diamond heist guy, and you're just going to give away your prized treasure to some dude? I don't know. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the other thing I really like is uh, Jet Li, after the big like diamond heist at the beginning, uh, Jet Li interferes and makes everything like all messed up so they have to hit the road and get away mm-hmm. and Jet Li ends up uh encountering uh oh the other rough rider that's in the film Dragon he's <laughs> he's the other yeah. dude in the crew and mm-hmm. the Diamond Heist crew and um he steals his bag of diamonds so then there's a shot with Jet Li grabbing that bag and he's driving away and he looks in the bag and it doesn't have the black diamonds and you get a shot oh, of Jet Li saying diamonds. Yeah, yeah, you get a shot of Jet Li saying "fuck." <laughs> Jet Li, that's hilarious. <laughs> and there was another thing I was waiting for because I, it was actually in Romeo Must Die. There's a scene with Jet Li smoking a cigarette, which I thought I don't know why, but I thought that was hilarious too. <laughs> but that wasn't in yeah, this movie. He seems like a pretty, pretty straight, straight laced dude. Really? If yeah. You, if you're oh, tell yeah. Me Jet Li smokes three packs of cigarettes a day. I'd completely believe you. <laughs> oh, Jet Li. I mean, Alex, I believe you. you hold on a second. Hold on, hold on. Oh. Alex, oh. Jet Li, Wushu champion, devout martial artist, devout Buddhist. This dude is <laughs> all about Zen. He's all about like the energy of life. I can't picture that dude smoking a cigarette. I don't know. He spends <laughs> a lot of time on film sets. He's picked it up. Yeah. You know? I'm pretty sure it's Maybe. required if you're an actor to smoke. Especially one of the other contractually obligated. One of the other things I really enjoyed was um, f- films that were coming out in this era. Like I said, this is a Hollywood production, and we've got this kind of wave of like everybody wants to see more kung fu movies. Everybody wants to see these stars represented in Hollywood, and with that, you'd get uh, appearances on talk shows and. I mean, Jet Li and Jackie Chan, like, whenever I get the chance to just go back and watch them on Jay Leno or on Conan (laughs) O'Brien or on Craig Ferguson or whatever, it's just so much fun. And and Jet Li, I mean, I don't... If you see Jet Li in a movie, he's usually a serious character. Not very often is he playing, like, kind of a cheery guy or a goofy, Mm. like, comedic character. But when you see Jet Li in an interview, he's smiling all the time and he's always cracking little jokes and um i just i don't know he, he there's something very charming about him but very like kind of innocent also so i guess like my opinions on him are formed by that too um okay let's yeah, see he's probably what some pretty things? chill yeah. dude oh yeah mm-hmm. he, he is very chill and actually like um his his beliefs have really informed like the messages that he wants to uh, give people now, like after, um, so like in 2004, I guess shortly after this, he was uh, in the middle of uh, the tsunami. There was a huge tsunami in Southeast Asia and he, he almost died. Him and he, him and his family were caught in the middle of it. And after that, he like kind of had like a very, um, a very pointed change in the message he wanted to spread to people. So he created like a charity foundation and stuff. And whenever that he had the chance to talk about that on 
like a show or something, he'd, he'd make a point to emphasize how, you know, we're humans, we should be together, we should help each other out. And mm. I think that's, that's really cool. But some of the goofy stuff, like on uh, these interviews, like I, I, like I said, I was rewatching these. So he was on Craig Ferguson and he's talking about how Jet, they were talking about his name, Jet Li. So it, his, his original like name is Li Lanja. And so they kind of just mixed it around and Jet, like Jet, Jet Li. Yeah. And uh, he, he said when he was looking online, he found that there were only like seven Jet Li's in the United States. And he wanted to get JetLee.com, but it was already taken. So he told <laughs> Craig Ferguson that he had to pay $260 to get JetLee.com. <laughs> I was going to say, that was actually the inspiration for the movie The One, where he travels between yeah. parallel universes and fights <laughs> exactly. various versions of himself. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, he has to, and he has to spend $260 in each parallel universe <laughs> to get JetLee.com. <laughs> Oh man! And of course, you've got these uh, talk show hosts hamming it, hamming it up, and wanting him to mm. demonstrate and stuff. Yeah. yeah and yeah. on Jimmy Kimmel, he asked oh, Jet Li. No, he asked him like, "Oh, you you know, you're a master of all these different weapons. <laughs> Will you kill He's like, me, What's Jet your... Li?" <laughs> he says, "What's your favorite weapon?" And Jet Li's answer was, "My smile," which I thought nah. was like, "Oh, that's pretty good. Holy shit! It's pretty funny. That's good. Yep." I like it. Uh, on Conan O'Brien, he had a really funny story about when he was a kid because he was like on the national like wushu performance team, and he came to the United States as a kid to perform at the White House, and um, this was for President Nixon. And <laughs> when he there's this was at a time when China and U.S. weren't like as like. Uh, you know yeah 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 it was kind of tense i was gonna i was gonna make a joke that jet Li is the reason that nixon (laughs) opened up relations with china yeah but um he was saying that they were they were talking about his room being bugged and uh when (laughs) he's a little kid so he said he'd go to the flowers and say i want chocolate or he'd go to the mirror and say (laughs) i want a banana or i want ice cream and then he said he left to do a performance and when he went back to the hotel room all of that stuff that he asked for was there <laughs> <laughs> and he said he was shocked isn't that so funny oh, oh that rules yeah wow. really and and on like okay i'm gonna bring up hong kong rescue i know alex you have a little <sighs> bit of conflicted emotions where's about my hong shit kong jacob <laughs> yeah so <laughs> But besides that, on a lot of the DVDs uh, or a lot, a lot of the releases for Hong Kong Rescue is basically collecting all of this media. Mm. So um, I think it's on either Drunken Master, one of the ones that I have. He just has like clips from talk shows. And it's cool because not a lot of that is on YouTube. You know, you're dependent on YouTube for people to be uploading these things. But Mm -hmm. some of that stuff gets lost. So it's it's kind of fun to look at interviews, especially around this time. Like, like you were saying, like media, music videos and pop culture, it was still kind of that mono culture, you know? Mm-hmm. So everybody yeah. has the memories from these like talk shows and stuff. Now people don't really care as much, but yeah. that's Facebook fun. hadn't destroyed everything yeah. just yet. Yeah, yeah um, everything's so quickly consumed that it's, it's hard to like land on things together anymore. Yeah, to go back to go back a bit, um, I kind of wanted to talk about like there's this kind. I think this is maybe a little bit of DMX influence, but there's this weird kind of religious thing going on in the in Cradle to the Grave, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. where there's just scenes of the characters praying, 
and then they yeah. and, and then their like thing that they say to, to each other is faith which is like faith. also yeah. kind of DMX's last name in the movie um yeah. and then when faith. he gets not quite, but not quite it's like why didn't they just name him faith yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh when he gets his daughter back he he holds his daughter and he says I'm so glad the angels kept you safe and yeah. <laughs> um, it just kind of just it it's it's a like a through line in this movie, and and it's kind of weird because I feel like most of the other movies I see in this sort of post Matrix genre have no interest in any sort of religion, um, ex- mm-hmm. with the exclu- with the exclusion of the Matrix, which has all of that religious stuff in it. Yeah, know? it's like it's like going to church. Um, so I don't <laughs> but, know. Maybe they took the wrong message from that or something. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, it's it's it and it's it is I don't know. It's nice because, as you know, someone who who very much grew up in in the church and and a lot of like, especially like evangelical church kind of culture and stuff. It's nice seeing like stuff now where it's like, oh, that's just like a normal person that's Christian, not a psychopath. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. like a psychopath that only consumes Christian media and giant air quotes. <laughs> that's an entire. Boy, howdy, that could be a whole episode too, but I don't want to get into that. That's once again, that's what I love about DMX is he's right in there with all the slurs, and then like two bars later, he'd be like, "I'm nothing without my love for Jesus." Yeah, <laughs> love it. Nice. Um, one thing I want to talk about real quick that almost it it kind of I don't know it's very emblematic of the difference between like that of the Hong Kong method and the hollywood method is whenever it's kind of whenever dmx and Jet Li first become like like partners because the two of them are both fighting off these thugs in this alleyway and all of the shots with dmx fighting are like this super shaky lots of cuts <laughs> and things like that and then Jet Li, it's like maybe one or two cuts while he's just doing this awesome, you know, kung fu stuff. Right. And it's just, it's it's so cool to just literally see those right next to each other. Because, you know, obviously Jet, uh, Jet Li is, you know, a, a history of, of performance and stuff like that. And, you know, DMX is, he's doing fine, but like it's not, yeah. you know, he doesn't have a lifetime of practicing, you know, uh, wushu and stuff. Or yeah, acting. right. Or acting, yeah. <laughs> he... He's a lot better than I thought he was going to be. He, I will say that. When, thought- <laughs> when he's yelling, it works. Because right. oh, he's yeah. yelling in his DMX voice. Like, like the voice yeah, let's say it's almost weird not hearing him. Yeah, yell. yeah. When he's like attacking the microphone, you know, like that. Yeah. That stuff actually I think plays really well, but it's when he needs to explain like the worth of a diamond. It's like. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, boy. But it, it it's cool, yeah, to see like. That's a, that's a very good point about that action sequence, seeing a, a person that's not a professional camera fighter and then seeing Jet mm-hmm. Li. And yeah, you you could almost think that it's two different directors handling these scenes, but you've got to compensate for somebody that doesn't that isn't as proficient by doing more cuts, doing like shaky camera, like to sell the impact that mm-hmm. they're not mm-hmm. able to sell. Yeah, and seeing yeah. Jet Li, you know, you can just keep the camera on him in one take. Boom, we we choreographed a thing, and that's I know it already, and I'll I'll just do it. Uh, Gabrielle Union was talking about that in one of the interviews too, where yeah. it's like they they show you how to do a thing, but you have to get it right. After that, if you don't get it right, you're gonna get hit, and then <laughs> if you get hit, you're yeah. gonna be like, I got hit, and they're like, 
yeah, you should have moved, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, you didn't do it right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we can talk about her a little bit, too. I was actually surprised. I, something I didn't remember was, like, she's got, like, a basically a strip tease scene, which yeah, yeah. wasn't something I'd picture her doing in a movie at all. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, because yeah, that's, that's later whenever they find, like, this underground club thing um, she has to distract. Uh, we see her actually distracting a guy, like distracting like the club owner with this with this striptease. I I, um, I I have a complaint about this scene. Um, <laughs> not about Gabrielle Union, who's hot as hell. Um, who's a who's a straight up smoke show. But uh, the mm-hmm. thing she does is, uh, she says like, put on some music, and then he puts on a song. Oh, and then um, oh yeah, he, and then she's like, no, not that one, slower, and he, and, and so he changes it to like a rap song. Um, that should be the music that plays in the scene immediately after. I was thinking that. I was thinking it seems really weird that they're cutting between the two songs. Yeah, like it's put on some music. It should be like a dope track that's gonna like play behind the action. You cut back to Gabriel yeah. Union being hot as hell. Like, yeah, missed yeah. completely missed opportunity, or they planned on it and just didn't work out in editing. One of those. <laughs> yeah, but it should have been, been a DMX song. True. Should have been like, yeah, I love, I, I love DMX. I love, who love, love this track. Wow, <laughs> this guy sounds familiar. Um, uh, an opportunity that they did not miss is to show DMX on an ATV. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. There, are, I think some of my favorite shots in the film are of that scene of him mm-hmm. getting chased by the cops. Actually, all of the mm-hmm. the car chase scenes are shot really well, and there's a really great shot. It's like a tracking shot just behind him before he bursts out of a building, like to mm-hmm. leap over to a rooftop. <laughs> that it's got a great like tracking camera behind it. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really, I really, really like that. But it's and also that's just... the scene where you hear uh, X gonna give it. Yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what song. I was gonna say. It's hilarious. Like it's it's awesome to see that. Him, he's being chased by like thirty police cars, and he's just on an ATV. Like, yeah. is he outrunning these cars on an ATV? But you got that song playing, and you get hype. Yeah, you uh, you completely believe it. But I love. The- and my favorite, really bad line read in this movie though is whenever X first gets on the ATV. Then like the this this guy that like he stole it from yeah. looks yeah. over and the way the way that he says yeah 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 it's it's so bad it's so <laughs> poorly delivered it's amazing mm-hmm. uh, uh but I love that scene because I love because it builds up to it because it's it's cross cut with um like Jet Li's big fight scene yeah and yeah. Yeah, um yeah. it goes from like. Jet Li, like you know, he gets he gets into the MMA ra- MMA fight, which is described as illegal earlier in the movie. When they get there, it's just an MMA fight. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, it was mostly when I saw like this is just UFC. Yeah, yeah. UFC M- fights M- look like MMA was actually pretty controversial for a while, but I don't think it was ever illegal. Um, yeah, but uh, uh, so he like he just walks out of his fight instead of tapping out or whatever. And um, a little person gets in the ring and he's like, you can't give you can't like just quit. And then he starts fighting the little person. 
But then, yep. like, more people come in, and he picks up the little person. It's like, <laughs> the, like, and then he fights with yep. him like a weapon. But then, right yeah. when that like, happens, yeah. the song "Click Click Boom" by Saliva yes. kicks in, and then more <laughs> dudes run in, and then it cuts to DMX <sighs> and, and and stops playing "Click Click Boom." You only get about like ten seconds of "Click Click Boom," which, for the record, is that's that's all you need. Um, that's that's the, it's the best 10 seconds of the song so. <laughs> when the part where they go click click boom you know yeah. you don't care about yeah, the verses good. um but then I think that, that's... gets on that atv steals that atv x gonna give it to yeah, you starts boo, playing boo, and he boo, wheelies boo, off it's so fucking yeah, it's cool really mm-hmm. it's really good also, that uh, the little person actor is a guy named Martin Kleba, and he's uh, he's the little person crewmate in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Oh, okay, cool. Wait, right, right from the same time. Yeah, I, I, I think he does. Oh, he he does the best kicks in the movie, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He does like a <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He commits his sweep. He does like a sweep in a roundhouse, and his form looks perfect. It's. It, <laughs> I was it's, very impressed. Yeah. He should be in that ring. Like like as a as a competitor, another cool uh, casting thing here is the another Anthony Anderson scene. He's trying to get in, saying that he's like an exterminator, and yeah. the bouncer is uh, the actor is named Lester Spite, uh, and he was also he was he did wrestling a little bit in the '90s. He was like a professional football player for a while. Oh, um, and uh, connection for Alex, uh, he's Cole in Gears of War. No what? way, dude! No, the cold train don't go woo woo. It's wild. What? Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's I'll awesome. I have to go back. What's this movie again, you guys? Um, and he's also—I don't know if you remember—in the mid two thousands, there was the—I think it was like—I forgot—I forgot what the company was. It might have been like Office Max or something. It was something random. Skin, um, but they had the—they had. <laughs> Uh, the commercials uh, with uh, Terry Tate, the office linebacker. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know if you ever saw those. It sounds. Familiar. Those were I. Okay, they were. They're, they're actually really. I, I I rewatched them. They're actually still really funny. But but he he plays the uh, the titular Terry Tate. Oh, that's dope. Um, but yeah, he's 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 super funny. He's super funny. But yeah, Cole. <laughs> Lo- love Coltrane. Home on the tracks, baby. <laughs> Woo. So yeah, and before we're done, we should talk about Mark Dacascos a little bit. Cause yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He plays the villain, and it's it's kind of like one of his first big like Hollywood major roles. He's mm-hmm. like I mentioned him before. He was in Crying Freeman and uh, a movie that I love called Drive. Well, actually, Drive just got a remastered Blu-ray release, and it's it's awesome. That movie's so fun. I I'd love for us to talk about that sometime. The the main thing that I know uh that I knew Mark Dacascos from was Iron Chef America. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I think that was like right around this time too. Mm-hmm. It was just a little after this uh cuz that's I I grew up watching a lot of Food Network. So oh, That's cool. He plays a villain and it's basically him trying to make a sale to you know, the highest bidder to sell this synthetic plutonium. And uh, they allude to him and Sue. Uh, his name is Ling in the film. And they allude to them having this past, but there's there's basically no no re- built relationship mm-hmm. on the screen. It's just <laughs> mentioned. And yeah. um, 
they end up having a big fight at the end and it's pretty cool and the other thing that i was thinking i was i was waiting to see but i remembered was actually in romeo must die was in romeo must die they do x-ray moves like in the street fighter <laughs> or in like uh, mortal combat yeah and uh th- that's not in this movie but uh you get this very dramatic final scene that's caused by a tank blowing up a helicopter <laughs> <laughs> yeah the the final 30 minutes gets wild yeah. like the scene the movie wasn't like outrageous but the last the last 30 minutes it, the, gets it goes the, the final yeah. act of the movie is a joel schumacher film yeah yeah <laughs> for sure Kinda, yeah mm-hmm. um yeah, Gabrielle Union ends up fighting Kelly Who. Kelly Who's in this film. Yeah, and um, that's right. She's like the the henchman for Ling in the movie, and uh, Gabrielle Union ends up shooting her point blank with an Uzi. <laughs> yeah, it's like, whoa, that's rough. <laughs> oh, but yeah, the, the final scene is like this. It's like this meeting of of like all of the all of like the the evil arms dealers from all around the world mm-hmm. to to like. To to see this cool laser light show yeah. that I guess is a is is them showing the uh them showing what's the, the, the so yeah so the black diamonds are capable of yeah they activate the black diamonds into synthetic plutonium and then they put it in a mm-hmm. little capsule that's like kind of shaped like mm-hmm. a bomb um mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. which um uh Jet Li's final fight scene ends with him shoving it in his <sighs> mouth. And there's like a Gaspar oh. Noé style, like internal shot of the throat with the thing being yeah. jammed into it. <laughs> and then it. Can like, we talk about then that? It, then like, it, like yeah. And then it's like it's like it's like Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. Yeah, yes. yeah. His face melts. <laughs> it like light shoots out of his eyes and his mouth. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but there's no like, there's no real like bang to that it's just yeah, like he just, just kind of his brain sizzles away yeah, yeah he doesn't like blow up which would have been awesome mm-hmm. <laughs> but that <sighs> that internal like practical throat like yeah it's that's gross, crazy man. they're they're like we need one more thing in this movie uh i got this leftover from this horror movie we're working on <laughs> oh yeah that's perfect use that <laughs> I've, I've got this pig rectum um we could jam it yeah. into this pig rectum yeah <laughs> it's it's Gross. messed up and and also and it happens while it's uh because martikoskis tries to get away in a helicopter that gets that gets taken down and and creates like this perfect ring of fire and then also hits like a water line, so it's yeah, like so it's, it's raining yeah. with this ring of fire it's around it. Only in the ring of fire. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's like it's like a fighting game yeah, stage. Absolutely, yeah. It's like just, oh yeah, just for Tekken sure. Appears around them. That's yeah. yeah that's what, so Romeo must die. Exit wounds in this film. All this era, it. I just think of Tekken. It all reminds me of mm-hmm. Tekken, just aesthetically and just the way the cool stuff looks. Um. There isn't a Ring of Fire stage in a Tekken game, but in Tekken 6, there's a really great stage where there's explosions happening around you, but you're on the top of a skyscraper, and it's a torrential <laughs> downpour. It's it's awesome. I uh, love that stage. And the music for that stage is great, too, but mm-hmm. that's the closest you get to something like this scene here. This is <laughs> this is a story about how much of an idiot I was, but um, in yeah. my hometown, actually where I am right now, uh, there was a car dealership that had like this like extended out flat balcony thing um 
that um, was like had like safety bars around it. And more than anything, I wanted someone to drive me there because it looked like a Tekken stage. And I just wanted to, like, <laughs> like 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 it like a Tekken 2 stage or something where it's just like this flat surface. But it was like bigger and outdoors. So my I saw it. My brain was immediately like, that's Tekken. I want to go. I just yes. want to go where Tekken is. Um, that's why we're friends, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how cool I was in 2003. Yep. Sorry, I have nowhere else I'd ever tell that story. Nah, nah, you you good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's basically the movie. Um, we do over the credits. There's oh this God. goofy. I'm almost positive, completely ad lib scene between yeah. Tom Arnold and Anthony Anderson, mm-hmm. basically talking about who would play them in a movie about the movie that we just watched. Yep. Uh, uh, the- and I do, I do love it. It ends with them saying, "We should get the guy that." <laughs> That directed Romeo Must Die to do this. Yeah, the, the but, movie. but then they also imply that they did because I haven't seen Exit Wounds either. But they also imply that they mm. did this joke at the end of Exit Wounds. Um, but because <laughs> I don't have the context for that, it's it's it, it's so it's just surreal. There yeah. is a moment at the beginning of Romeo Must Die where. Anthony Anderson's character he's basically babysitting Aaliyah she's like a gang lord's daughter and he's like the henchman that has to make sure she's okay and she's trying to get away from him so she does end up getting away and he's like says something like get get over get back over here with your Aaliyah looking ass he says that to Aaliyah actually Aaliyah yeah oh man Yeah, that's really funny. Right. God, that rocks. That's like if I was <laughs> yeah, shit posting a movie, I would do something like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. <laughs> do y'all? This is speaking of two thousand stuff. Did y'all ever watch Scrubs? Uh, watch a little bit. Kinda, of Scrubs. not that uh, much. You're, you're, yeah. Nah, you're not missing much. But there's one. Um, the oh, I forgot the character's name, but the guy who plays the right. So the the janitor in Scrubs is played by Neil Flynn, who's a big like character actor he's in eight million things but he's in he's also in a scene in the fugitive as like like an fbi agent Mm. and at one point one of the characters in it watches the fugitive and sees that scene Uh. and it's like what and then and then the janitor says that basically he was an actor for a little bit like all right all right all right wait a minute scrubs anyways Let's not talk about scrubs. <laughs> yeah, and I I feel like we're wrapped up with this too. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah, a fun mm-hmm. time. I do. I would say to watch Romeo Must Die. I I hold that movie a lot higher. It kind of has a more of a concept behind it because it's basically like kind of like Romeo and Juliet, mm. but it's like triad and gangsters <laughs> uh, i i i think the only way i can defend this movie having not seen uh romeo must die is that i have nostalgia for this one because i saw it at the time um, yeah i think i gotcha. saw it on like hbo or whatever like a few times so like i have a fondness for it um the soundtrack has that go to sleep song by eminem which is like i think one of his best verses in a career of great verses it actually opens the movie mm-hmm. that verse which yeah 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 um that 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 song's that song's incredible but uh uh this one i don't know warms my heart cradle to the grave r.i.p dmx i, <laughs> I it is yeah. i was i that was such a fucking bummer when dmx died man mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no one else really liked that guy I will say honestly, it's a little like you no, know, he 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 died in a in a very tragic 
unexpected way. Like I, it's one of those, whenever I heard that, cause the first thing you heard is that like, he was like not looking good. Mm-hmm. I was thinking like, Oh, did someone, did he finally like get shot or something? Nah, <laughs> cause man. like that was kind of life you live, but no, nah, it was just something, man, he life's life's weird. Yeah. He clearly had a lot of struggles. Um, especially yeah. in like the, like the back hat, like, like obviously he, one of the biggest musicians, probably one of the biggest selling musicians of all time, probably. Um, Mm-hmm. At the at, so fucking yeah, um, but like he he fell off in a way that a lot of the other people, a lot of the other people, like a lot of the other rappers, even didn't really fall off. Like Eminem, Method Man, you know, like people who who are still big had like careers. I think like the last time I heard about DMX was like when he did like a cover of like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer a few years ago. Yeah. Like, right? I don't because like Finally even in the viral. video, even because there was a video like the year before that, and then they recorded and released it as a single the next year. It's like he was looking rough. <laughs> um, yeah. At one point, he was supposed to do like celebrity boxing against um, George Zimmerman, the guy, the <laughs> guy who killed uh, <laughs> oh, Trayvon Martin. But thankfully, yeah. that was canceled. Um, he was looking really rough around that time too, and um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe you can cut that part, but. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd, I'd watch him punch George Zerman. That'd be yeah, dude. I, a, you, I would not want to get into a ring with DMX. Like no, like I th- mm-hmm. I think he probably he's, goes for the eyes. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah. The Cradle to the Grave is it's it's definitely a it is a very DMX movie. Like mm-hmm. it, it kind of matches a lot of his like his his style. Um, it's. Like you said, it's definitely not as yelly as I feel like. Like DMX is known for like the you know yeah, the yeah, rough yeah. and like screaming stuff, but like you you can't have a movie where you're just yelling the whole time. Like mm-hmm. okay, some people have definitely tried, but it usually <laughs> doesn't make for a very good movie. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Cradle of the Grave. If if you get a, it's on Netflix right now, so it's it's and it's a easy breezy like what hour forty or yep. something. So. Uh, if if this is your kind of thing and you haven't seen it, I mm-hmm. I think you'll have a good time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, thank you so much for checking out our show. If you like it, then you can leave us a review on whatever you're listening to this on. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at Here's the Number Three Podcasts on all three of them, and check out Swim Fans. Yeah, Alex, uh, thank Alex. you, thank you <laughs> yes, for joining Alex, us. Thank you for joining us again. Uh, Do you have any else? Any plugs? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm on, uh, as as previously stated, I'm on uh, Swim Fans. You can find us at swimfanspod.com, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Swim Fans Pod, uh, Letterbox Swim Fans Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at user diatron five. Well, uh, next week we're actually going to be taking a little break for the next uh, few weeks, uh, and we're going to come back with our fourth anniversary special which is wild so, yeah whoa um until then i'm matthew i'm marty i'm, I'm carlos I'm, Al- I'm alex thank you for having me this is so much fun i love talking about dmx yeah. and we are the here's three remember your training <laughs>
Thanks, I created a letterbox <laughs> account, but I immediately was paralyzed with fear. Why? <laughs> because I I, because I spent there's... like a full a full afternoon just being like, oh, I've seen that. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, it, I felt like I had to like comment or rate like all these movies that I've seen, and I didn't want to like start that scale <laughs> comparing <laughs> the movies to each other, and it just was really scary. So I stopped. Uh, it's fun. <laughs> I, I love Letterbox. I, I'm a, I I use it basically to log all my movies. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I should do that. I have. I mean, since we started Heroes Three, I've amassed a collection, uh, and um. I've been meaning to catalog them for a while and I just haven't gotten to it and I keep getting more stuff. <laughs> I <laughs> got that list, Shinya... dude. Yeah, I know I got to make some lists. That Shinya Sukamoto set. Oh, it's I got awesome, that man. Today I just got my Blu-ray of Encounters of the Spooky Kind, which I'm super excited about. Um yeah, as every time we cover something I I am reminded of something else that I've been meaning to watch, or it just yeah. pushes something up a little more, and I'm like, all right, I need to <laughs> just get it and then find it and just set it on a shelf and it's like, it's, geez, help, <laughs> Alex, help me. Yeah. Oh, there's no escape, man. 